through 2 Timothy the other day, and it just, I, I've never seen the pattern through the book of 2 Timothy like I did when I was reading it the other day, and I believe God wants me to preach this message here tonight. I call it, But Continue, amen? But Continue. And you're going to see why I called it that here in a little while. Subtitled, Five Safeguards Against Falling Out of the Way. Amen. We're going to start reading in 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read a lot here tonight. So if you have your Bible, you can read along. Starting in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, my, serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I remember to thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee being mindful of the tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Amen. That's the will of God for those that are over us to be able to look at us and say, this faith that dwelt in your grandfather or whoever it may be, maybe you don't have a uh, natural grandfather that's serving God, but we have spiritual grandfathers, so to speak. Yeah. We have spiritual fathers. It's the will of God for them to look at us and say, I'm persuaded that the same faith and the same Jesus that I knew yes, and went before you and walked before you in front of you and has been an example to you in, it's in you now. And I'm persuaded you're going to continue on in this way once I'm gone. You know, this is really a farewell letter to Timothy. At the end of it, Paul says, I fought a good fight. You're going to see that. He's basically saying, son, I'm out of here. But I'm persuaded that this faith is of you. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is, in, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And of course, he's talking about the gift of being a pastor. I believe as Timothy was a pastor of a church at that time, or was going to become a pastor. The call to preach. But you know, every one of us have the gift of God. Yeah. Jesus Christ living within us, and we claim yeah. to be a Christian. And it's our duty to stir ourselves up by the grace of God. You know, when you're born, again, you're given life. Amen? You're given a measure of life. But if you don't do anything with that life, and you just let it lay dormant, then eventually it's going to die. Amen. It's up to us to stir up by the grace of God, Amen. that gift that's within us. Amen. Then we're going to skip down to chapter 2 and verse 1. Start reading there. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard among me, oh, excuse me, the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be the first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say in the Lord, give thee understanding in all things. And I'm skipping you really. You know, it's good to read through this whole epistle with the, you know, as we get to where I'm going, I'm laying a foundation. But once I preach this, it'd be good to go back. And uh, God really speaks to you through this and read that whole epistle with this thought in mind. But I don't have time to read it all, so I'm just skipping around to give us the highlights. Then skipping down to verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman 
that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Then skipping down to verse 22 of chapter 2, Flee also, also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now I want to stop right there and just say this, you know, if uh, you know, you're thinking, well, these five things that he's going to preach on, they're going to keep me in the way. You know, they'll never keep you in the way if your heart is not pure, friend. Your heart has to be pure. It has to be utterly, totally, completely void of any self, void of any desire to see your own ambitions fulfilled. It must be pure towards God. And that purity towards God will keep you in the way. Amen? Yeah. You've got to call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Bible says, that scripture in Proverbs. I'm blanking on it now. I just thought of it now. went away. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender stripes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, and meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, and God perpetual will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taking captive by him at his will. Now listen closely, because this is going to preface what we're going to go right into here at the end of chapter 3 and verse 4. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Oh, amen. We're living in those times. For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, Having a form of godliness, they look like they're Christians sometimes, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. The Bible says get away from them. Right. Get away from them kind of people. For of this sort of they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with daughters' lust. Ever learning. Always have something new to tell you. Always have something, you know, that they learned a fact of truth, a little factoid, a little nugget here and there, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. What's the knowledge of the truth? It's knowing Christ. It's not just intellectually having some truth memorized. It's, the G it's Jesus who is truth himself living within you and through you. That's the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janice and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also. And, and a fun fact here, I'm going to stop and say this. This is not in the Bible. So this is just speculation. But I read that I thought Janice and Jambres my whole life growing up was Korah and Dathan and Abiram. I thought that was just a couple of other names for them. I don't know why I thought that. I just did. But I read that they were the magicians that withstood um, Moses in Egypt. And that they were the ones who threw their rods down and that Moses' rod swallowed their rod uh, when it became a serpent. But you know, interestingly enough, and according to, I don't know how to say the word, rabbinical or rabbis, you know, according to their theory or their storytelling, it goes on to say that after a while, Janice and Jambres, you know, they, they, they saw all the things that were happening in Moses just basically God through Moses destroying the entire land of Egypt and they decided, you know, hey, this guy's a God. So they joined up with him. And the story goes that they marched on out. They went through the Red Sea. They went all the way to the Mount Sinai. 
But when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram got up and stood up against Moses, Janus and Jambres stood with Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And supposedly the story goes they were swallowed up with them into the earth. You know, I want you to know if you have a false conversion, if you just do this because it's the most convenient thing, you're not going to stand. Amen? You're going to be deceived. So do, all, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt mind, reprobate concerning the faith, that they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Now listen to what Paul says. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now Paul's reminding him, I've never done nothing but live like Jesus in front of you, son. You have no nothing that you can point out to me in, in, in me, uh, Timothy, that would say that I've you know I've lived unholy or that, that that would give you an excuse to reject the truth. Yea, and all that live, that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Let me stop right here and say this. You know, when I read that the other day, I... I I read it and then I, I was so touched by it. I just never really saw that for the saw this in the text, read it many times, but I went and read it to my wife, and she immediately, the first thing she said was exactly what the Holy Ghost told me. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Now, when you look at that, you may think that it's saying of that he learned them of Paul. And I do believe it's speaking of Paul in a sense there. But more importantly, I believe he learned them here intellectually. But he was assured of them by walking with Jesus himself. By praying and seeking God himself. You see, you can learn what's been preached from this pulpit. And you should. You should learn everything that's been taught from this pulpit. We've been taught the truth. You should be a good Berean and be in your Bible. But for the only way you're going to be assured of them and have an assurance that's strong enough that you'll leave here or maybe you'll stay here and, and, and the authority dies and, you, and someone else is raised up. But the only way you'll preach it to the next generation is if it's been assured of in you through Jesus. Right. That only comes by spending time with the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. In other words, you've learned them from me. I've never done nothing but taught you the Bible, Son, and walk in holiness, and followed Christ. And you've learned them of Jesus by spending time with him. And then he goes right into these five things that we're going to talk about here tonight. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise into salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, a lot of people love to quote John 3.16, but most people forget about 2 Timothy 3.16. Amen? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
Now here, Paul, he, he, he breaks off from, this is the first thing, which is the Bible, and we're going to get into that. But then he breaks off to tell him who is the pastor, uh, Timothy, and the pastor, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap for themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. Let's pray here tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, you'd give me, Lord, grace, quicken me according to thy word, to preach what you've given me as the oracle of God, Father. I want to speak only what you'd have me to speak here tonight. May the seed fall upon our hearts and our ears and find good ground and bring forth fruit in Jesus. May we be rooted and grounded and established in the Lord Jesus Christ. May you have your way here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing Paul points out, one of the five things, is the Scriptures. The Scriptures must be our ultimate authority. You know, I, and, and I did not know Brother Charlie was this God gave me this three or four weeks ago. But, you know, that exactly what the Holy Ghost is dealing with. If that's the first thing that ought to be established in you as a young Christian in Jesus. And if that's not established in you, I highly, I, I warn you, friend, you better take the time to get away with Jesus and establish in your heart the authority of the Scriptures. And you better know that in English, it's the King James Bible, friend. I remember when God established, it's, I don't want to say it's more established in me than anything else. But I want you to say it, it's foundational, friend. If that's not established in you, everything else will fall, friend. You better believe me, the devil hates the word of God. He will attack it. You just get on. I know most of you are on on Facebook, but the ones that are, no, you put one thing up about the King James. You just say, my God's big enough to keep his book together. And every devil in hell will come out and attack you and fight you and just try to get you to just budge a little tiny bit. But don't say the Bible's perfect. Don't say the Bible is right. And you have to be assured of that in your heart. All of these things that I'm going to bring up here tonight, they're nothing new to the intellect. We've all heard this preached. But you need to examine your heart. And you need to know, is there any doubt in my heart? Is there anything that says, well, I know that's true. And I know they've written some tracts about it. But I really don't know the arguments. I just kind of believe it, you know. And no, but do you know down in your heart? Do you know that I don't even need an argument? I know that I know that I know my Bible is perfect and I can cling to it and I can stand on it to the end of time. You've got to know that, friends. If you don't know that, you've not even really started to be a Christian, really. God will establish that in you. And I encourage you, you ought to get some books on the King James Version. You ought to read about it and believe it. But the best thing to do is to press into Jesus and read your Bible. And if you do that, God will establish that in you to the point where it will be unshakable, friend. The world, the winds could blow. Heaven and earth could pass away. But you know that God's Word, it will not pass away. And it's perfect. So firstly, the Scriptures must be our ultimate authority. Amen? Amen. Secondly, we see, and you're going to skip all the way down to verse chapter 5 of chapter 4. Or verse 5 of chapter 4. He says, But watch thou in all things. 
And watch is closely associated, if not completely associated with prayer all throughout the Bible. When I hear someone say watch, I pretty much equate that to prayer. Amen. Right. Now, granted, I know that there is somewhat that applies to being mindful or being very careful or of the enemy's schemes. The Bible says to be um, to be sober, be vigilant. Amen. Vigilant would be another word for watch. But what Jesus said, what I say unto you all, I say watch. He said to watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Uh, wisdom, speaking in Proverbs 8 and verse 34, said, Blessed is the man that heareth me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. That's speaking of prayer, amen? And right after the scriptures, or right along with the scriptures, should I say, you must have a prayer line, friend. You don't have a prayer line, friend. You're not going to go anywhere in Jesus. You've got to talk to Jesus on your own. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We've all heard the analogy many times before. But if you got married and then I talked to you, you know, three months after your marriage, yeah, I've never talked to my wife after I got married. I mean, maybe I think we had a conversation on the wedding night and I talked to her like three weeks later. You'd be like, man, something is wrong with that marriage. Amen. Well, it's the same thing with Jesus. If you're not talking to Jesus, right. my friend, then you're not really right with him or there's something bad wrong with your relationship. And it ain't Jesus' fault. He wants to talk to you. And, and we have so, you know, I was thinking about it the other day. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so many prayer meetings. If, if you would just spend all the time at the prayer meetings praying with all of your might, you would be far more spiritual than, you'd be far more alone than you would now probably. Yeah. And that goes for every one of us. Amen. Right. There's so many prayer meetings here Come on. that God has established by the grace of God. And really, it's a waste to not spend our full heart and our full time and give all of ourselves to seek God with our whole heart at those prayer meetings. But you know, you're never going to see. See, there's things that you'll never see. There's things that God will never be able to really deal with until you get into his presence. Right. I remember, and I've said this many times, I know I'm not preaching anything new. But many times there were things that I, I just didn't see, didn't understand convictions that we had that, yeah, OK, I can see why you might come up with that out of the Bible, Dad. But I mean, you know, like, what, what, I mean, what's this? What's all this dogmatism? We're so hard about it. like there's no you're going to hell almost if you don't believe this. But then you get in the presence of God and you realize that's what Jesus loves. That's what he wants. And then you become dogmatic for it because you love him. See, you'll never understand some things without getting into the presence of a holy God. Without God giving, I was talking to someone the other day, and I was talking about the, you know, understanding things through the intellect versus revelation. God doesn't reveal things to it. Yes, we must learn things intellectually. I'm not giving us an excuse not to know things intellectually, but to know Jesus, to know truth, to have that truth, it must be revealed. To your heart. And the only way you have revelation is by getting in the presence of Jesus yeah. where he can reveal himself and truth to you. That's right. You know, two marks of prayer. Fervorance and perseverance. Amen. That's two defining marks of prayer. And any man who's spiritual, any man who's ever pressed in, that's been two marks of their prayer life. Amen. Is a continued fervorance. And not just... You know, it's not, you know, it's one thing to pray for a month, to pray for a year, to pray for two or three years. And I'm not discounting that. Amen. It's always a battle. 
but it's even more uh, a battle to make up your mind that for, for as long as I live, I am going to give all my heart to prayer meeting. As long as I live, I'm going to persevere till I touch God. You don't have that heart and you don't have that, that determination within you. And if that determination is not fired by Holy Ghost oil and Holy Ghost zeal and Holy Ghost, uh, Holy Ghost freshness, Holy Ghost revelation, then you're going to die, friend. And your prayer, that's what happens to everybody who's ever backslidden. They quit praying. They quit really truly praying. Oh yeah, they might utter words. They might come to the prayer meeting and speak in tongues even because they have a learned tongue. But they're not really communicating with God. They're not really pouring their heart out to Him. They're not really saying, God, touch me. Do what you must in me, Lord. Have your way in me. Come on. That's not your cry. Continually, continual surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ in your prayer life. And friend, something's wrong. And you need to examine yourself. Thirdly, Paul said, endure afflictions. You know, and, and I, I looked at that word affliction. It really just means trouble. Just a trouble, you know, pain, sickness, whatever it may be. Just afflictions. Life in general, basically. And, and you know, the, the, there's a great temptation for us as we follow Jesus. I believe this is what the condemned said. The greatest battle I face as I get older is unbelief. And unbelief stems from just not believing, is really basically not believing the Bible about life in general. Not continually applying the Word of God to every situation that we're in. Becoming rogue. Losing the victory suppose, uh, is one of the things. Enduring affliction, it's easy for people to lose the victory. How many times have we heard that preached from the pulpit? One of the afflict people say things. People, you hear things that are maybe true, maybe not true. Uh, people leave, people hurt you, people, whatever it may be. And the temptation is to be offended with the way and offended with others and offended with God even. That's right, that's right. Don't be offended, endure. Paul, uh, Paul admonished Timothy in the beginning of 2 Timothy. Endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus. Hey, look, we're in a war, friend. Right. If I'm in a battle and I'm fighting for my life, and so-and-so over there, hey, he's saying, you're not the best soldier. I don't have time to think about that. I've got to fight the enemy. Well, and I don't know who you are. You might be the enemy trying to shoot him. The enemy trying to get me to shoot him. That's exactly what the devil does. He wants us to cause. And I'm not saying there are people who are offended maybe with the way and they're, they're saying anything about it. We've got to walk on with Jesus. Amen. And we can't get offended with one another. We can't get offended with authority. We can't get offended with the Bible. We can't get offended. we got to walk in the way. We've got to have the victory. Amen. Right. We don't need to be a stony ground here. You know, it's right. easy as time goes on. You get cold. You sit in church. I've heard these messages a thousand times. Oh, you know, this is nothing new to me. But instead of nothing, and you, and you fail to repair your heart to receive the word of God, even if it's something you've heard before, you need to come to each service. To each message of the heart. God, I want this to bring forth good fruit in my life. We don't need to be stony ground to hears. We need to endure affliction. Amen. And I believe that's speaking basically of life in general. Be not weary in well-doing, for ye shall reap in due season if ye faint not. And there are many, many, many people who get tired. Amen. They get tired of the way. I've heard people say it, and I've heard many stories of people who've left here. I'm just tired of fighting. I'm just tired of, there's, you know, many people who've said that. I'm just tired 
of fighting. I've heard people say it even when that I've been around. And that's a great temptation over time is to get tired in the way. But we, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, the only way you quit, you don't get tired and you don't fall out of the way is if you're getting in the presence of the Lord Jesus right. and you're being renewed by the joy of the Lord. That's your strength. It's getting in the presence of God and finding grace to rise up and face each new day with all of your strength and all of your soul and all of your might serving Jesus and doing what God has called you to do. Fourthly, we see, do the work of an evangelist. Oh, and I love this one. Yeah. I tell you, you know, I've been blessed as we've been going and preaching on the street. And, and um, you know, especially some of the young men apart from, not that, hey, we're not apart from authority. I shouldn't say it that way. But, you know, not necessarily having someone babysit, I should say. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. That's right. not a bad thing. Yeah. And that's the will of God. Amen. And as we grow older in Jesus, that ought to be the way it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's many benefits. Number one, obeying Jesus. We're obeying Jesus. Amen. And any time you're obeying Jesus, that's good. Amen. And it's, it's, it's doing something in your spiritual life. You're growing in Jesus. Anytime you obey him, it pleases God. Amen. But number two, what, what is the benefits of doing the work of an evangelist? Well, you get to go out there and you see how wicked and how vile and how filthy and how unholy that world is. And you get to see why Jesus said, if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. You get to realize that isn't some misunderstood friend that just needs some more love. You realize that thing is wicked. That's right. And it's directly opposed to God. And it's directly opposed to the way that I'm walking in. And it's sitting and lurking around every church door and every family home and every single person's heart. And it's seeking to make inroads in. And I must stand against it. Amen. Right. Amen. It'll, it'll help you see that, amen. Get out there and you see them Spanish town people all dance around. You're like, these people on a normal day, these people I just cut these people that I cut grass for. Man, oh, how you doing? Oh, I go to church, amen. Yes, sir. But then you see them twerking out at the Spanish town parade. That's what they really are. Vile, wicked, evil, unholy, blasphemous. And that's what the devil would like to turn us into and make us reprobate, amen. And you realize what that thing is? Then you, when it comes to the door of your church or the door of your house or to your heart and knocks on it, you and go, I know what you are. You're wicked. You're filthy. You're vile. Stand yeah. far away from me. We're also salt and light. You know, so many people. We don't, well, we don't know. I know this. I don't matter if we were making an effect or not. I'm obeying Jesus. Yeah, but we are having an effect. Well, I mean, right. We are salt and light. The entire cities are here. Are seeing it. Galveston, that whole, how, who knows how many people went home to their families that were from out of town and told them about being, being preached to. And, uh, you know, the entire city of Baton Rouge seeing us out there preaching the gospel. It had an effect, friend. Right. And if anything, it keeps that, it, 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 it puts shame on that sin and on that filthiness. And, and it makes it where it wants to hide in the closet like God wants it to be. God will certainly destroy it. But if it's not going to be destroyed and people are going to continue it, it's the will of God that it's shamed into the darkness. Not celebrated in the openness. And fourthly, it expose our weaknesses and it drives us to the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you, there's nothing like going on the street to make you realize, man, I don't know the Bible like I thought I did. I don't know how to, and, and, and really, how much, I, I, how much more anointing could I have yeah. when I'm ministering to people? I, I tell you all the time, I am so convicted. I, every time I go on the street, the two things I'm most convicted about more than anything else 
is I wish I would have quoted way more Bible. God, you know, help me to know your word. And the other thing is, God, I wish that I could be more of a channel for you to flow through and deal with people. You know, we ought to be more anointed, amen? And if you're not experiencing that on the street, then I wonder if you're really hearing from God, amen? You're going to, I don't care how much you grow in Jesus, that's always going to be the heart of God, or it's going to be our weakness, because apart from Christ, that's exactly where we're weak at, and that's always going to be what God's going to deal with you about. It's that you need to be more anointed, and you need to have the word of the Lord in your lips, amen? And, you know, and then lastly, so many people, they give up on street preaching. How many of you have we seen just, and not just because they leave here, but usually when they leave here, they quit street preaching. It's one of the first things they quit doing. And it's one of the first things, it's one of the things the devil fights the most, I believe, amongst many things that he fights, of course. But one of the first things you see people give up when they throw backside is street preaching. They don't want to go out there and, and face the world. There's, you know, you lose the courage of the Holy Ghost and the desire to, for souls, to see souls saved and God glorified, you know something's wrong. When you start to say, well, you know, I'd rather stay at home tonight. I'm not saying that we don't fight that temptation every once in a while if you're tired or something. But I'm talking about if you are losing the desire to really go out and win souls for Jesus or to glorify God, you have no desire to go preach on the street whatsoever and it's never there. But you ought to examine your heart. <coughs> That's not Jesus. Jesus is living inside of you. You're going to have a desire to go and be a light and a bright and shining light to this yeah. world. So he says, do the work of an evangelist. That's the fourth thing. And lastly here tonight, but not least, of course, he said, make full proof of thy ministry. I tell you, I love this. I just, it's amazing to me. You know, of course, the word of God is perfect. And, but it's just these things right here I just begin to meditate on. You know, really, you do all these things right here, and you do it with a pure heart, and you do it right. You're going to be kept Every single time. It don't matter if you're in a church that goes off. It don't matter if you're in a church that stays right on. It don't matter if you're in a family that even goes off. If you're in a family that ends up going off and not serving God, even leaves the church, I've got news for you, friend. You can be kept by the power of God if you'll just hang on to the Lord Jesus. Amen. And you do these things. Make full proof of thy ministry. Well, he's talking to Timothy. And Timothy was a pastor. He had a ministry. I want you to know every single one of us have a ministry. Amen. In this house, we have a part to play, and it's important. Every single one of us is called to do something in this church. Every single one of us is called to do something in our respective families, and we're called to do something. Every one of us is called to do something in those places. And as you may think, well, it's not that important. It's not like getting up and preaching, like Brother Brennan's. Yes, it is. It's important to God, and when you give your whole heart to it, God will bless it. But if you're half-hearted and just well, you know. You know, I heard the other day that Brother uh, Jerry's blower got stolen and that, you know, to, uh, Daniel got a burden and he went and prayed for it. And I don't know that really Daniel thought, well, I'm going to fulfill my ministry. But I believe that was part of his ministry to that family. God put a burden on him. He began to pray. And God blessed him fulfilling his ministry to that family, to the Reshark family. He was interceding, being an intercessor. Surely God has called some of us to be intercessors in this church. Amen. Surely God has called some of us to do even the small things that no one sees. Daniel and Joshua going to get for the Bob, helping bring him here. That's ministry unto Jesus. Brother Brian, sweeping off the porch, you know, in the mornings, coming here early, opening the church up. That's ministry to Jesus. Cleaning the toilets, whatever it may be. It may just be doing something in your family. 
But just being obedient and helping your mother and your father to accomplish the task that God's called them to accomplish is fulfilling your role. And the more you fulfill your role, you know, I was talking to my dad the other day. He, you know, he brought out how when you have revival, everyone's fulfilling their role. And I was like, wow, that's true. That's the truth. And that, that when we will, when we will really have revival, everyone will be fulfilling their role perfectly. And even more importantly, for those of us who have, you know, if you're faithful and I will just lease, God will give you more responsibility. Amen. Well, I want to be a preacher one day, brother. I want to, or God has called me to greater responsibilities. Well, then fulfill the responsibility he's given you now and be faithful in that and he'll give you greater responsibilities. And how much more for those of us who are called to the fivefold ministry and to ministry, public ministry, such as music or preaching. We ought to be giving ourselves wholly to what God has called us to do. Our heart ought to be not to hide our talents in the earth, but to increase them. For the master. Amen. There's work for each and every single one of us to do. Amen. So we see these five things. Amen. The Bible. Prayer. Watching in prayer. Enduring afflictions. Amen. Not getting offended. Having a right heart. Keeping our heart right. And enduring to the end. Not being weary and well-doing. Doing the work of an evangelist. Preaching. Going and preaching on the streets. Ministering to those who are sinners. And ministering to God in obedience to Him in evangelism. And making full proof of the ministry that God has given us. Worshiping God. Praying with all our might at the prayer meetings. Worshiping God with all of our might at the song service. Giving everything to God in the place that he's called us in. And if you do all these five things, I believe by the grace of God you can be kept. Amen. Amen. Just like Peter said. I'm going to turn over there in closing and read this passage. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us through glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brother, brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Amen. What a promise. He shall never fall if we do these things. We'll walk with Jesus and we'll stay within the narrow way and submit ourselves to the authority that God has placed us under and to the word of God that we can be kept by the power of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand here tonight and ask for the Timothy to close the prayer. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for your presence here tonight. God, we thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we want to be kept. God, we want to continue on, Lord. We want to press in, God, and seek your face with all of our heart, God. We do ask you, Lord, for grace. We ask you for strength here tonight, God, that you would help us, oh God. We can do nothing without you, God. But we know we can do all things through you, Lord. We do ask you, God, to go with us. Keep us, Lord, God, these dangerous days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We love you. See you tomorrow.